0: If you want to go beyond the rink and into the dressing room, there's only one place to be, the Hockeyverse, with your hosts, Michael Tracos and Johnny Legend.
1: Well, the woke mob appears to be at it again, folks. That's how some are reacting to the news last week that the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, you know, the place where Sidney Crosby, Mario Lemieux, and countless other NHLers learned their craft set as junior players will be, get this, banning fighting next season. And when I say banning, I don't mean you'll get a penalty, a five-minute major. I don't don't even mean you'll just get kicked out. No. What they're talking about is suspending you if you drop the gloves. As the French would like to say, tabernacle, sacre bleu, say it ain't so. Now, the details need to be finalized, and already there's been opposition, mostly from retired goons like Luke Gadsick, who said, You wouldn't be in the NHL if there wasn't fighting in junior, but this shouldn't be surprising. You can argue all you want that fighting is a part of the game and that without enforcers star players like Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid will be getting hacked, whacked, slashed, and cheap shotted whenever they're on the ice. But the fact is fighting has been going the way of the wooden stick for some time now. Yeah, there's fighting and there's fighters, but not the same way as when Bob Probert and Ty Domi were patrolling the ice. And let's face it, teams don't have to have those guys because they can't afford those guys. You you can't spare a roster spot for a guy who's going to be on the ice for maybe five minutes in a game. So, yeah, get used to it, folks. Fighting is going away. And is that such a bad thing? Like, I know Major Junior has fighting, but the NCAA, you know, the place where just as many players come, out and play in the nhl they don't have fighting it's not hurting that product so
0: we'll see we'll talk about that and much more on the hockey verse you just found the world's latest and greatest hockey sports and entertainment podcast this is the Hockeyverse. verse on today's episode we answered your questions but this was after an introductory conversation where we talked about fighting the leafs the league and our lives and much more by the way, check out our show notes for timestamps if you want to fast forward to your favorite part. Also, if you want to be on an episode like this one, email your questions to heyhockeyverse at gmail.com. Strap on the blades and let's go. How you doing there, John? I'm doing fantastic there, Michael. So let me guess, the guy who always comes
1: over here wearing his Ken Baumgartner jersey, what's his opinion on it? Um,
0: I don't know. What do you think? What do you yeah. think? What do you think? What do you think? Ken Baumgartner and Garth Butcher and Brad Mayer sitting around in a bar talking about after that news?
1: Yeah, it, it's it's a difficult one to swallow, and you know, I, I'm the kind of I'm the kind of guy that grew up on Don Cherry videos and would fast forward right to the end where he'd load up those fights that you know. And I, and I I'll, I'll say it. I had a Wendell Clark home and away jersey because yeah, not only was he a big hitter and a big scorer, but you know, when he dropped the gloves the whole arena was just like on its feet. So I I get where they're coming from. But like I said, in my monologue at the the opening there, I'm not surprised.
0: Well, I mean, look at what, what did we talk about? Last episode was the shootout and how much it sucks and it's boring and nobody wants to see it, but what does everybody want to see? When is everybody out of their seat goals and more goals, more goals, (laughs)
1: like goals in the face. (laughs) So see, do you think it's going to fly though?
0: I don't that. think it's going to fly. I don't think it's going to there's no way it can't make it to the NHL, but then I never thought the pitch clock would make it to Major League Baseball either.
1: Now it's been this isn't like anything new. Like I, I remember writing stories and uh about the CHL about how they were taking away the idea of like repeat fighters and trying to get the quote-unquote goon uh out of the league and David Branch who uh was the commissioner of the CHL and the OHL at the time uh still involved um he explained that, you know, they are a feeder league. They are a developmental league and they're a league of teenagers. And if you're going to develop players, uh, you're going to develop them to be players, not fighters. So I I, I get where they're coming from. The only question is, can the NHL follow? And well, first, will the OHL and the WHL follow the Quebec uh, hockey league's lead And from what I understand, it is politically motivated, um, apparently during the lockout. And this is from the reporting of Rene Lavois, out of Quebec, that the Quebec government, uh, ingested something like $2 million into the junior hockey franchises to keep them afloat. And now they're saying, you know, part of that agreement is, yeah, we don't want fighting in the game. It, it doesn't uh, sit well with them to have teenagers fighting. Like I said, The OHL and and the WHL, that's the one to really watch and to see if this is going to be a trickle down effect because, you know, still, I think, I don't know what the numbers are, but it's something like 70% or 60% of NHLers come from the CHL. So, you know, if they're banning fighting there, it's suffice to say that there's probably going to be fewer and fewer fights at the NHL level because there's not a whole lot of Europeans Uh, coming out of like Sweden and Finland who are fighters and same thing with the NCAA where you can't fight there also.
0: Yeah. But does it cause, does it cause the potential? So say they only ban it in the CHL and then those guys finally make it to the NHL, but the NHL hasn't banned it yet. Now they don't know how to fight. What's going to happen? Is that a safety issue? Yeah. yeah, But you say you don't know how to fight, but well, a hockey fight is different than a Street fight, right? There's actually we all know the places
1: that. to learn how to fight.
0: <laughs> well, wasn't it? Bob Prober used to take boxing lessons.
1: Yeah. Now they all take MMA stuff. Yeah. Like, you remember Kevin Bieksa and he had that Superman punch?
0: Yeah. I remember the su- he He did it more than once too. Yeah. He landed it once like perfectly though.
1: It's funny. You'll go to like a uh, practice and it'll be like midweek or maybe even like a Sunday where there's not a whole lot going on. And at the end of the practice, you'll see like, I remember like Colton Nor or Jay Rosehill back in the day would be grabbing some of the younger guys and just be like, Hey, if you ever get into a fight, here's how to tie up a Jersey. Here's how to you know, basically protect yourself. So, and that old guard, it, it just feels like it's a changing of the time, man.
0: Yeah. And you know what? You're not going to convince us like the older guys that it's good, that, that taking hockey, that taking fighting out of hockey is good. You're not going to convince any of us that.
1: Well, how, how do you feel like spontaneous fight versus stage fight? There's a difference, right? Yeah,
0: there's definitely a difference. Stage fight. Okay. Maybe that's getting a little old. That's for entertainment purposes only, but yeah, there's none of those guys really left in the league anymore.
1: No, uh, like, like there's a couple. Like even a Ryan Reeves, uh, who's the guy Delorier, like a Tanner Janot, um, who was in Nashville. Now Tampa Bay picked him up as a rookie. He had something
0: like 20 Tampa fights. Bay, Pat Maroon. Yeah. Uh, Maybe Tom Wilson will do a staged fight, but I don't even know if he'll do that anymore.
1: Yeah. I think the Leafs getting like Luke Shen and uh, Jake McCabe. I I think they went from like something like bottom five in the league in fighting as a team to like top five or something. Well,
0: As soon as those two guys came to the team, they were the league, the Leaf leaders in fights, both of them. So there you go. (laughs) One and two,
1: right? I used to, I don't know. So like I said, and Ty Domi, you remember him as a leaf. You remember Wade Belak. You remember Colton or, and then there was that shift where all of a sudden the guys on Toronto's fourth line were, you know, face-off specialists or penalty killers, um, guys of that ilk. So yeah, it's, it's weird. Like Colorado, they win the cup last year. I couldn't tell you if they got into a single fight in the playoffs. I don't remember one in the in the Stanley Cup final. Like there was chippiness and I think that's always going to be there. And if there's a spontaneous fight, it's still gonna there's still gonna be a place for it. But man, if you get kicked out of the game and suspended, like that that opens up a whole can of worms that I don't think the leagues are really thinking about there. Because let's say you and I are on the ice together on opposing teams you're what jersey you wearing tonight? Davy Keon. Perfect example. You're Davy Keon. I'm not Davy Keon. And I'm trying to get Dave Keon out of the game, possibly in a playoff series. And I'm trying to get you out of the playoff series or out of a game and then out for next game well yeah I'm going to do whatever I can you're, to get you're, you to drop the gloves you're with
0: just going to go drop the gloves with Austin Matthews or you know what I mean
1: or start mouthing off him yeah. to the point and just you know,
0: getting just- right under it's going to be more dangerous you're going to be sticking them and slashing them and you're going to break a finger maybe yeah. trying to get them to fight you just to even drop the gloves right
1: you ever get into a hockey fight
0: yeah yeah. In fact, it was funny because my little guy just started hockey on the ice kind of kind of behind a couple of years because of the old lockdown stuff. Yeah. But he's standing outside and he goes, hey, do I have to fight today? And it's I go "Before I, the game. Yeah. I go, no, buddy, you don't have to fight. And he was upset. I didn't teach him any of that. That's the thing. That's just from him watching it. So
1: how did your yeah. fight go?
0: <laughs> my fight? Yeah, oh, I was good. It's pretty much all I'm good for, standing in front of the net and fighting.
1: Yeah, you look like a guy who could probably handle himself.
0: Yeah, I can I can do okay. That's pretty
1: good. Well, I'm a pretty big dude. I'm 230. And what are you, five? Five ten. Jesus, man. Yeah. yeah I'm so, square. So you're the guy that'd get run out of the league if there was fighting. Oh,
0: hundred yeah. percent. Yeah.
1: You'd be like, <laughs> don't take away fighting. You're taking away my uh my lunch money there.
0: Yeah, my my joy. <laughs> I just looked it up. So number one in uh, fighting majors this year, looks like it's um, Minnesota with 31. And the Leafs are in 27th with nine. Jeez.
1: Well, that's, I I still think, you know, come playoff times, it's not going to matter at all.
0: No, there's no fights in the playoffs, really, unless it's like... Building and building, right? You tend to get yourself
1: in more trouble if you're, yeah, going running around. Maybe in the first round, the first round is just mayhem, right?
0: Here's the thing: Tampa Bay is in third, thirty fights this year,
1: and that's probably because of Tanner. Bet you Tanner is their, uh, their team leader, even though he fought all those fights probably uh, with Nashville. Yeah, it's funny. It's like I'm on Twitter today and everyone's freaking out about the leaf lines We're like, why is Alex Kerfoot on the top line? And I, I can't believe they're got Matthew saddled with Yarncrock and Kerfoot. And why is Shen not in the lineup in the bottom six? And I'm just like, guys, it's March. Yeah, well they, it's meaningless March right they're, now.
0: They're, they're just throwing stuff around.
1: Yeah. Let them play around. And it, it but it also kind of raised the question now, this whole end of the regular season and you could probably go back what two months it's been completely meaningless yeah like toronto's not catching boston and this was probably true back in october as it is in march and they're not gonna get fine they might lose home ice advantage to tampa if they're not careful but they're they're not gonna be a wild card team
0: no no way and i think he's just playing around i think he's resting you know what i mean you don't want to get anybody hurt like look what happened to ryan o'reilly like he's going to be a huge part of the playoffs.
1: Yeah, it's weird. It's like I don't know if it's a problem the NHL has, but it kind of is a problem. Where it's like there's there's little buzz around Leaf games right now because of what we just said. Like there's there's no there's no stakes. No, the only stakes is stay healthy. Like Matthews isn't gunning for sixty this year. It it just feels like we're just kind of like in a waiting
0: pattern right now. Can you imagine what he would have to do to hit sixty though? <laughs> like. Three goals a game for the rest of the season. He scores in bunches, but I don't know about that. That's a lot of bunches, though. Yeah. So last time we talked about uh, Connor McDavid getting 70. Mm-hmm. So now there's 11 games left. He's still gotten 58, but he got two assists the other night.
1: Yeah, he's a freak, eh?
0: No, but that, did you see that game in San Jose? Parts of it. Yeah. Just the highlights. Yeah, it was crazy. It was old school. Old school Edmonton is back. It's like three games in a row.
1: Yeah, uh, Norris Trophy candidate finalist what favorite eric carlson on that that san jose team yeah i was gotten i got into it the other day with someone about is eric carlson like should he even win the norris because he's what is he like top five in points something like that like he's he's gonna put I mean, there's a question is he gonna get 100 points this year well what was the argument that he doesn't deserve because san jose is just
0: garbage yeah but is it's not team-based it's an individual award right yeah, but if
1: you're doing it for a team, like you're putting up numbers on just like a joke team, and his plus minus is like I wanna say he's a minus. I'm gonna look this up. If yeah. if Eric Carlson's a minus and he's gonna get a hundred points. If you want to I, go beyond
0: the rink and into the dressing room, there's only one
1: place to be. That's your <laughs> that's your <Voice>. phone. <laughs> on, I, can't, I can't escape your voice. Man. Oh my god. I can't escape. I'm flattered. <laughs> Where was, what was I talking about there? In,
0: in case you in case you didn't hear it through the microphones, uh, old Michael turned on his phone and I was talking to him mm. in our last podcast.
1: You know what it is? It's <laughs> That's the only way I can go to sleep, John, mm. is to have you whispering uh, in my ear.
0: I can make you some custom stuff if you want. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> no, thank you.
0: Go to sleep.
1: But it, Okay, so Eric Carlson right now, 87.71 games. That's a minus fourteen. Ah, that's tough.
0: Like,
1: that's that's a tough decision. So he plays on a garbage team. That's probably why he's a minus fourteen because he's the only guy. But like, it's a defenseman award, man. Mm. You minus minus fourteen, putting up all those points. Like that makes something it, that something's makes not it, right there. That does make it an argument. So I talked to him. I remember he was in the running for a Norris back when he was in Ottawa. And his whole complaint was because, again, that was the year where he had like something like 80 something points just destroyed everyone. But I think that year P.K. Subban might have won it. And there was a lot of talk that Shea Weber should have won it. And then Carlson was like, hey, it's not really fair because I play on a bad team. And I was like, well, yeah, I get where you're coming from. And he's like, well, but if I put it on, play on a good team, I'm not going to put up points because I don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like that. It was an argument where like the better the team you're on, the less he has to do offensively. He he feels like he doesn't have to carry the load, but it's just, I don't know. It's, it's a different one. I, I, I find it hard. Like, and I, and I typically get a vote for major awards and this year, I think I'd, I'd have trouble voting for him. I yeah. A lot of people like Josh Morrissey in Winnipeg or Rasmus Dahlin in Buffalo, again, a guy who's on the bubble, I'm um, not hearing a whole lot of love for Kale McCarr, but, um, he's still there. It, 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 I think the North, like the heart trophy sealed up. It's Connor McDavid's yeah. award, obviously, but the Norse is going to be really interesting.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, it's not the highest scoring defenseman. I it's the best defenseman, right?
1: Yeah. But you score a lot of goals. It's like,
0: yeah. But if you can score a lot of goals and not be able to stop anybody.
1: Yeah. It, like I said, you know. it, it, it'll be difficult. Like I, last year it was, uh, Came down to the wire. Uh, It was like Roman Yossi. I think had more first place votes, but Kale McCarr won the award because he had more total top three votes, and Yossi had more points. But I think Kale obviously had more goals, and obviously Kale McCarr was just ridiculous last year.
0: Oh, he's he's a he's an amazing player. Period. Yeah, it's funny when you're talking
1: about that draft. You want to do about the the whole top or original six, original
0: six? Yeah. Like where where is Kale McCarr going to go? Well, is he going to be one of your top defensemen? Like, who would be your top defenseman? Who would be your first pick on defense? Based on age, I think it's got to be Kale. Yeah, that's what I think, too. And then who would be second?
1: Probably Adam Fox, maybe. Adam Fox, yeah. That Marit Sider's pretty good. I don't know what you're basing it on. Guy out of Detroit, Owen Powers, another guy. I don't know. It's not Morgan Riley.
0: No. Yeah, what no, a year he's having, eh? How many de- how many defensemen would that be 36? 36. 36 defensemen you be picking. Right? Is Morgan Riley top 36?
1: Uh, I don't know. Is he's not mm. top 10. No. It's weird cuz when last time when the Olympics were supposed to happen, there was a lot of like is it going to be Morgan Riley on that team? Is it going to be Darnell Nurse? And now it's like both guys you're like hell no, neither mm. guy. And I, I like Riley a lot. I think he's He's solid. I think he's a one B. Yeah.
0: He's solid. Like you can count on him to do what he's supposed to do. Yeah. And that's really what you want. Right.
1: But he, He's not, he's not in the Kale McCarr. No. Victor Hedman, Adam Fox. He, he's not in, the, in that class of player yet. You
0: know, defense is one of the, the, in the league is one of those ones that doesn't have a gradual drop off. Right. It's there's the ones. And then there's the, yeah. You know what I mean?
1: No, I hear you. There's like,
0: like you don't have a Kale McCarr and then an almost Kale McCarr on the same team,
1: right? Devonte's remember how good he was, but he also played with Kale McCarr and he was going to get on that Olympic team just because Kale was going and they're, yeah. they're a tandem, right? Which is like, that's why a lot of people are now talking about when the Olympics do happen again, Zach, everyone's penciling in Zach Hyman as a top line winger.
0: I'm um, really?
1: Because of his... He He's playing with, him with David, I guess, with yeah. David
0: It's like the whole Chris Kunitz-Crosby thing. And Crosby, yeah. I remember that. Because you're like, like why no is one, he on the team? Because
1: no one can play with Crosby. <laughs> that was the argument. <laughs> Lo and behold, anyone
0: can play with Crosby. Well, yeah, I could play with Crosby. Yeah. I just stand in front of the net. Maybe not you. If <laughs> you stand in front of the net, you can hit me anywhere you want. Yeah. Uh,
1: I, I, I hope we get an Olympics back. I, I, honestly, like... To not have an Olympic since what are, how far are we going? Now, we've skipped two, right? Yeah, and the other one was like the games were on at like <laughs> two in the morning, so no one yeah. was watching, or five in the morning.
0: Yeah, the best one was the the golden goal one. What was that? Two thousand and ten. Two thousand ten. I was there for that one. I I remember exactly where I was watching that game. Where were you? I was laying on the love seat. My wife was pregnant with my daughter, sitting on the couch. Yeah, and she was oddly enough, probably the last time she watched hockey with me. And that was 12 years ago, wow. 13 years ago. And it was amazing. I remember jumping up. Like it was, the whole game was amazing. Yeah.
1: I'd never like, so it was weird. It was like, I was in the overflow press box, which was in the 500 level. Well, you were actually there. I was there in the, whatever is called Rogers arena or something. Mm. GM place. I can't remember what they call it now. And, uh, so I was. I had the laptop on the literally on my lap because, like I said, it, it was, I was in the overflow area. You, you can imagine how many media was there, and I've never been in like it. I've never experienced the earthquake, but I imagine like what I experienced that day that day was probably the closest to it.
0: Oh, I can the whole imagine place was just shaking. I can imagine the only the only time I had anything like that is I was at the the Blue Jays playoff game, the bat flip game. Oh yeah, yeah. I was there and it was insane. Oh man, I watched that one at home. Yeah, yeah. it was insane.
1: And so I can't,
0: I can't even imagine how the hockey in a smaller place.
1: Oh yeah, and then I was on the subway. I remember after. So my story that night, day was uh, I was on the Aginla watch. Mm. So they had me like, okay, listen, Calgary needs an Aginla story. So regardless of what Jerome does, you got to write Aginla the, today. <laughs> and he was the one that passed. He it passed the, it. Yeah, he passed it to Crosby. It was the whole Crosby yelling Iggy. Yeah, and I. And Apparently, Ginla didn't actually see it. He just heard Iggy, and he just knew Crosby's open, getting yeah. the puck right now. Yeah. and
0: uh, Well, you know where Crosby's going to be, just like you know where Ovechkin's going to be. Uh,
1: what an insane game. And that was the one for was the last event at the Olympics, and I think it was like Canada broke the record for most golds at an Olympics with that one. And being on the subway, coming back to my hotel, the place like the subway car I was on erupted in O Canada twice.
0: It does. I think, I think every subway in Canada does that when anything happens. Oh really? Yeah. Cause the same thing happened after the, after the bat flip game (laughs) was O Canada on the subway.
1: (laughs) Not O Toronto.
0: No, it's, it's, that's, that's Canadians, right? We go straight for the national anthem.
1: Uh, That's, that's a weird one. (sighs)
0: Speaking of Ovechkin, what do you think? What do you think? You think he's going to make it?
1: To what, Grasky's record? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think
0: so too. I mean. A lot of people are mad about that now. Why? Uh, the
1: whole, he's still got like Putin's, like, it's got like a picture of him, like, hugging and kissing Putin on his Instagram.
0: Yeah. We're going political again. I mean, the guy's not, he's not, he's not on a warship and he's not flying, a pl- like he lives in, he lives in Washington.
1: You don't, you don't know how he spends his
0: weekends.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, I'm with you. It's, you know, i i i used to like the idea of like I didn't know anything about a player, like when he left the ice. Mm. Like the less I knew, the better. I couldn't tell you, like, oh, what does Wayne Gretzky do on his off time? Like, oh, I imagine don't. he just played the hockey <laughs> or know. hockey. Oh, well, yeah. I
0: know what Wayne Gretzky does on his off time. Oh, Johnny,
1: Johnny, <laughs> Johnny legendary.
0: I know Wayne Gretzky does. Off Johnny, how would
1: you get that nickname? By the way, um, that's obviously not your. No, they what? gave
0: they gave it to me um, at the radio station. Ah, it seems like kind of one where it's just like
1: all right like it's like when friends of mine call me t-bone it's like come on man you can't come up with a better one than that (laughs) you like legend
0: yeah it's good like it fit it fit and then once everybody got to kind of got to know me as that then it had to stick yeah right even when i was doing acting and stuff that was johnny legend yeah
1: johnny legend It just seems like, you are like a Mortal Kombat character or something, or I don't know.
0: (laughs) Not not quite, not unless there's one that can eat Whoppers.
1: Yeah. My nickname, you know, like I've never been like, when you have a name like Trichos, everyone just calls you that. But uh, I had a column uh, for the sun, Tracheotomy. Oh boy. Yeah. And then I got a lot of people calling in or writing in saying... You're so insensitive. My husband had a tracheotomy. And if you had a tracheotomy, you wouldn't think it would be fun to call yourself the tracheotomy. I'm um, like, buddy.
0: Oh my God. Do you remember when there was a time when people didn't have a place to voice all of their social justice and virtue signaling?
1: I think we call those the good old days. Jeanette. Yeah,
0: I think so. I was trying to explain that to the kids today. You know, there was a time when we sat in the car where there was no wifi hotspot. You know what? You, what did you do? What did you do then? Well, we just sat there and waited till we got where we were going, and uh-huh. we listened to our dad's music, which was "Who Shot Liberty Valance." I don't know that one. You don't know that one, Gene Pitney? Come on, man! Oh, Gene, Gene Pitney. <laughs> Gene Pitney. That's what how I had. Old, how old are you? By that's though? what I had to listen to. Hey,
1: it, I, <laughs> this is like when I used to sit beside Simmons, uh, Steve Simmons, at the. In the press box. And no matter who was being played over the PA, it could be like Nirvana, Soundgarden, Pro Theater, you know, everything. He's like, you he just, no, he wouldn't. Like he would just be like, oh, who's, who's this band? I was like, what do you mean? You don't know this band? Like he would only know bands from 1975 and earlier. Oh. And then anything after that, it was like.
0: Yeah, you know what? I. Dumb. I'm finding, like I noticed just talking to, talking to my daughter and she's talking about, do you know this band? I'm like, no, I never heard of them. Then you look them up on YouTube or something and they got like 8 trillion views of their song. I never even heard of them.
1: Well, you're listening to Gene Pitney. Well, I'm not. (laughs) You looked at the, uh, the playoff race lately?
0: No, not since we talked about it the other day. It's pretty much the same. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to change much. Do you kind of,
1: like, I'm kind of hoping that there's some new blood in there. Like, I know we were talking about Pittsburgh the other day and yeah, I can't imagine Crosby missing the playoffs, but at the same time, if you were to ask me, would I rather see Pittsburgh again, just getting their teeth kicked in by Boston or some new blood, like let's say Buffalo, I'll take the Sabres, man.
0: I'd like to see Pittsburgh Kick the crap out of Boston, get rid of them in the first round. Yeah, are
1: you one of those like Toronto fans who's just like screw the Bruins?
0: Well, I don't like Boston. I think it's because I don't. I mean, they don't see. Oh, Marshan's a likable guy if he's not Marshan's likable if he's not on the ice. Okay, like he's done some stuff that I've seen. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. Like the one time he grabbed. You see the one when he grabbed the kid's cell phone camera from the crowd, took it in the dressing room, made him a video. And then when he came back out after intermission, he. Oh, okay. <laughs> he gave it back to him.
1: Yeah. He's, and he, he, he stirs it up on like social media and stuff. I actually kind of like him as a player. Yeah. Like, geez, man.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. He's the only one that I kind of, kind of do like, like he does that stuff. Like when he face off, when they're getting ready for the face off and he steps on the guy's stick, and yeah. <laughs> breaks it. Or, or remember when uh, Jerry was going to flip a puck to a Boston fan? And Marchand, he had it on his stick. Marchand skated around the net and grabbed it off the stick and fired it, fired it down yeah. the ice. Pure <laughs> pasta. Eh? But it was a Boston fan. He's like, no, no, no. You're a Pittsburgh player. You don't flip a puck to a Boston fan. Oh, only Marchand and the <laughs> Bruins. Only Marchand have- and the Bruins can do that. Yeah, but I thought fair. it was hilarious.
1: Yeah, you got you got to respect Boston though, man. Like that team. No, no one was picking them to go be first in the league. No one, no, no, not even Boston fans are picking that this year. Mm. What a surprise. Man.
0: Well, did their goaltending situation wasn't really, you know what I mean? At the beginning of the season, you're like, nah, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't know about these two guys. It doesn't matter who's in that for Boston. I no, think. Uh, I'm convinced at man. all. I know Swayman is Swayman and he looked good last year in his rookie year. And, all Mark has been uh, lights out for them, but and was, what if Boston or what if Buffalo still had all Mark
0: and he had garbage. This he'd be
1: garbage there? Cause everyone Buffalo has this garbage in that.
0: I guess so. Yeah. Like it's just,
1: I don't know. I, I I think Buffalo is ahead of Ottawa when it comes to who's going to make noise um, first because they've got so many top end guys in Buffalo. Um, yeah. I want to see some new blood in this year. I'm, I'm kind of tired of seeing like oh, the Islanders again and, Pittsburgh and, you know, Washington looks like they're going to miss the playoffs. Like it's, it's kind of good. And some turnover, I thought Boston was also going to do that. I, I I thought this year we were going to see almost like half the teams that made the playoffs last year. were going to miss the playoffs. And here we are again. It's just like same old, same old.
0: Yeah. Well, I, is it a, is it a money thing? Oh, no, it's just like, like, is, is it a money thing? Like the teams that we don't see, is it because they're not spending the money on the players? I mean, they're just trying to make the cap floor, right? Well, in
1: Buffalo's case, they've got so many young guys that you're just saying, okay, one of these days, like they're going to flip the switch and finally learn how to win and say the same thing about Detroit, say the same thing about Ottawa, Um, Montreal still a little ways away. But it's hard to flip that switch.
0: Yeah. And everybody thought that Detroit was going to do all right this year. Again, yeah. Right. And they just can't put it together. I think there there is a lot to... Playing together for a while. I don't know when you, you know what I mean? And also when you bomb out and
1: you're re, like, you're in a rebuild mode, man, that kills the culture in your dressing room. Don't tell me it doesn't.
0: Oh, for sure. If you go in knowing like, oh, we got to play the Leafs or we got to play Boston or we got to play Sydney. Like,
1: I mean, like if you, if one year you're complete crap and you, you, you know, like the team is crap and you know that they're just gunning for a playoff spot that. It's it's hard to go from that to next year. Okay, now we're going to start competing if you've got more or less the same guys who were there for that crappy year. Yeah. That's why Toronto was very smart in the sense that not only did they bomb out for Matthews and they got Marner the year before and Nylander the year before that, but then they went around and said, okay, FNUF, you're out of here. Lupo, you're out of here. Castle, you're out of here. JVR, okay, out eventually. Kadri... He stuck around, but then they got rid of the old guys that were just kind of like sour. In the they were room. used to losing. Yeah. And yeah,
0: they didn't want guys they that were, were used to losing. Nothing against them,
1: but they were just, yeah, they were just used to losing.
0: Speaking so. of getting guys out, what about uh, that magic trade? The only one that do, until this year that Dubis made that was any good was getting rid of David Clarkson, remember? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, that was the untradable contract, you remember?
1: Yeah. Did he get rid of him? I thought mm-hmm. I thought it was Dave Nonis that got rid of for,
0: him for uh, Nathan Horton. Remember, it was his like his first move, wasn't it? That was that was Nones. Was it Nonis?
1: Yeah. So I he, thought it was He Dubis. Signed him, and then he he made the trade, oh. to get him
0: out. What's Nonis doing now?
1: He was with Anaheim. I remember seeing him at the like World Juniors in Vancouver, and then when Anaheim was against Nashville in the playoffs, I remember running into him. You know. I know Nonis is like he, he's in that kind of category with probably JFJ where a lot of people don't, they look upon that period of the Leafs as just like a, it was a big stinker, but man, he, he was, I don't, it, it was tough because he, he had Phil Kessel, he had Finuff and he was expected to just make the playoffs. It wasn't as easy as, okay, well I'm going to, I'm going to go into a rebuild mode. So, yeah, he, he gambled on a lot of wrong guys though and gave out some pretty bad contracts.
0: And they kind of they kind of Austin Matthews first year, they kind of lucked their way into the playoffs. They weren't supposed to make the playoffs that year.
1: No, like when you they were the the worst team in the league and the next year they were a wild card team and looked really good against Washington yeah. you're going, "Hey, first step."
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's where we thought, "Hey, maybe this is going to change." But, well. That's yeah. <laughs> tough. <laughs> How many years later? All right, what do you think? We want to take
1: some questions. I to
0: take some questions? I have I happen to have some questions here there, Michael. All right, are you going to read them off? I'll read them for you.
1: All right. Okay, so we got Let's from, See how you do with the names here. I, I see some Oh man, I see some what
0: is that? Five syllables? I Okay, good. I'm luck I'm going to practice that that next one while you're talking. Okay. Okay, from Pat Rus, Ruscio. I think it's Rusio. Rusio. What will happen if the Leafs don't make it out of the first or even second rounds to the team or goalie situation? Samsonov has to be the man. He does have to be the man. Yeah, I was thinking that today. Like just when, when thinking of stuff to talk about is, are they even going to try Matt Murray and that in the playoffs?
1: How about this? If the Leafs win two rounds, who is the player we'll be talking about? The most about is it going to be Samsonov? Is it going to be one of those core four? Who do you predict, John? Leafs in the uh, conference final right now. Who, who, who was the story? In those who first two who, rounds, is,
0: who turned it around? I have a feeling it's going to be Nealander.
1: Yeah, I,
0: I have a feeling there. that it's going to be Nealander going to light it up. He's going to carry everything he's done this season right into the playoffs, yep. and he's going to light it up and he's going to drag everybody else with him. If they get to the conference final, I think that's what will have happened
1: you See what they're doing with their lines right now. I know we're like, who cares about what they're doing with the lines? But it looks like, and I agree with you with the Neilander thing. I also think it's going to be a guy on their third line, whoever's on their third line. Maybe all three guys in the third I, line. I like, I like Achari. You think Achari's gonna be? I on like them? Achari. Because here's the thing if you're playing Tampa, you got top line going off top line. So it's probably gonna be what? Kucherov and Stamkos against uh, maybe Matthews Marner. Line two, it might be Tavares and Nylander against uh, the Braden Point and uh, Anthony Sorelli line. They're going to just, it's going to be almost like, okay, check them off. Okay, we're going to check them off. Okay, now it's the third and fourth lines who are going to do the damage. And uh, who scores the most out of those lines? And
0: that's kind of where they got caught with Tampa Bay last year is their third and fourth lines were better.
1: Yeah. Who was the guy? It was Nick Paul. Was yeah. The story, Nick remember? Paul. He,
0: didn't he score two goals in that last game?
1: Scored two goals. So now you look at what Toronto did and getting Ryan O'Reilly, I think was such a, a big Huge. move. As yeah. long as he's healthy and he can be productive.
0: Do you think that they'll stick him on the third line? Or is he going to play in the second line with well, Tavares? And-
1: so that's what I'm saying. Look at what Toronto's doing right now because they've got Matthews with Yarn and Kerfoot. And I know that's just playing
0: around. Oh, that's definitely playing around.
1: But don't be surprised if their third line, if or if they go with three balanced lines versus load up the number one line, load up the number two line, and then the number three looks like a mishmash. I wouldn't be surprised if like either a Nylander and or a O'Reilly is on that third line, just for the sake of hey, this is where we can do our damage because our third line is better than Tampa's third line, or that's got to be the hope,
0: right? Hopefully, yeah. Well, that's why they did what they did. I think that's what they were thinking at the deadline around the deadline making those moves. I like think they were man. thinking we have to beat Tampa Bay. You need depth. As yeah. as
1: many goals as Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and Nylander and Tavares can score. Playoffs come around, you need that production from that third line. Yeah. It's a hundred percent. It's it's so instrumental. And
0: every team that wins the Stanley Cup proves it.
1: Oh yeah. Like I know at the end of the day you look at the scoring leaders in the playoffs and it's the usual suspects, but scroll down a bit. And it's the team that got like, like we said, like, remember that Charlie Coyle from Boston a couple of years ago did damage against Toronto. It's the, the Lars Ellers from Washington. There's
0: always one or two guys that, well, what was there? Was, wasn't it Paul? He got more goals in the playoffs than he did in the regular season. Yeah. All put together.
1: Yeah. So back to Samsonov. Yeah. He's got to be the guy too. Yeah. If, if we're saying that, you know, that Samsonov was like dog crap in the first couple games and it's it's Matt Murray's show. Oh
0: Matt Murray, first goalie since Ed Belfort to have four consecutive four goal games. He scored four goals? Four goals against. Oh. Yeah. Since Ed Belfort two in O five oh six. Then that's good, isn't it? Oh, that's the 506 Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> that's not, that that wasn't a good over.: Okay, Belfort. first leaf goalie. First yeah. leaf goalie. Now first goalie. Right, first was, leaf goalie since Ed Bell for 0506. Where are we going next there? Where we're going next, Evan Minchopoulos. Whoa, I think got we got love it. that one. Got it. Do you think Kyle Dubis will be fired if the Leafs don't make it past the first round of the playoffs? I think that's an easy one. You think so, eh? Well, no, we kind of talked about it before. Who's going to replace him? We talked about it before. At the same time, there's optics, right? Yeah. Like they might have to fire him just because they have to fire him, Not,
1: yeah. not because they're going to package. Is it Shanahan, Dubas, Keefe?
0: All well, three? how many years are left in Shanahan's five year, 10 year plan? Um, the <laughs> remember, Shan-
1: remember the, the five year sh- plan? It was the Shanna plan.
0: When did the five year plan run out or do the last two years of the lockdowns and everything don't count? And Yeah. I don't know. Does he, bubble, a, does, does he get Does he get a mulligan count? in there somewhere? I don't know if the bubble counts. Uh. I, th- <laughs>
1: I know we talked about it, but I honestly, when you, when you think about it, okay, Leafs lost in the first round and you look at who has to answer the bell, someone's got to have to answer the bell. Yeah.
0: Well, like you, you talked to me, out, I said, yeah, like definitely he'll be fired. And then you kind of talked me out of it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. There's nobody, Yeah. there's nobody to replace him unless it's going to be Jason Spezza. And
1: teams are sniffing around. Like, don't forget, like. Kyle Dubas isn't going to be unemployed for long.
0: No, he's too young.
1: And he built... Like, Here's the question. Do you want a team that can be top of the league? And I'm I'm saying Toronto's top of the league when you're in the top five. 100%
0: they're top of the league.
1: Do you want a team that's consistently top of the league year after year after year and like the San Jose Sharks, can't get it done in the playoffs? Or do you want to be like a Carolina Hurricanes from those early two thousands where you win a cup and then you miss the playoffs for like the next 10 years.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. As long like as, as a fan, what do you want? As long as the Leafs keep it about hockey and not about business, then that's definitely the way to go. Cause 82 games is a lot longer than a playoff run. Absolutely.
1: That being said, there's only so much a fan base in an organization is going to take.
0: But has there been? Have you heard other than, the questions that we're getting where people are asking, do you think you should be? Is there, we got to get rid of Dubis. Like I'm hearing the opposite. Keep I'm,
1: him. I'm hearing that there's already a contract in place. I'm hearing that there's two or three teams sniffing around, um, ready to snatch him up. And in the same way that, you know, once if the Leafs ever make Nylander or Marner available, there, there's teams ready to snatch those guys up. Mm-hmm. Like I I get it. There's a lot of angst in the city and there's a whole lot of impatience, but you look around the league and you talk to other general managers, other scouts, just hockey people. And they think that the Toronto media is crazy for even suggesting that Kyle Dubas might not be the GM next year. Yeah. Yeah. Especially what he did at the, at the trade deadline where he answered every, everything that the fan wanted fans wanted. Grit, toughness, Ryan O'Reilly, Luke Shen. Like the, they were actually names that fans were saying, we want this guy. I've been asking like, for Luke Shen for two years. I have been. Yeah. He literally said, okay, you, you guys think you're a better GM than me? Fine. I'll get those guys that you want.
0: I wanted Musin too when, before he came for a couple of years, and eventually the,
1: eventually the focus has to go on the guys on the ice. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm looking at this Leaf roster right now and I'm going, okay, the goaltending is the, is the goaltending. And it's more. It's but it hasn't about Toronto's been. It hasn't
0: been bad.
1: No, I was going to say it's less about Toronto's goaltending and more about what they're going to face in the playoffs. Yeah.
0: The goaltending has been actually samsonov has been great this year. I think so. So, yeah, I,
1: I, I keep going back and forth because I'm like optics, like it's hard to imagine you'd bring back a GM after this much failure, but he kind of did everything that everyone would expect. Like, there's there's no kind of second guessing right now. I almost feel like he could just kick up his feet and say, "Okay, I did all I can. I'll, I'll see you guys after the playoffs yeah, and let the I chips agree. fall." I agree.
0: He got all the pieces that he needed to get. Right? He saw the holes this year, he fixed them. Good luck telling that to. Well,
1: Joe Fan out there.
0: You talk you talk to me and do it. But, but the snap the snap reaction is, "Yeah, he's gone." Because traditionally that's what happens. The what team doesn't heads. make it out of the first round, there goes the GM.
1: Heads on spikes, man. Pitchforks and torches and all that stuff. All right, where are we going now?
0: We're going to Dave A. McCarthy. Do you think Callie Crook will score 20? Is he a top six winger?
1: No. Uh, the second one, no.
0: No. Um, a 20 goal scorer isn't a top six. <laughs> isn't a top six winger. So,
1: so Dave, uh, Dave's a friend of mine. Writes for NHL.com. Him and I bet at the beginning of the year, I said, Yarncrook's going to get 20 because he's going to see some time with the top six.
0: And where's he at now? 18?
1: 17 17? goals. He's only played 62 games.
0: Well, wait a minute. The Leafs are playing right now.
1: All right. Well, by the time (laughs) this airs, Yarncrook might already have a hat trick.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That'd be awesome. Hey, and uh, on the last podcast, when I said, who's Bobby McMahon, got an assist tonight.
1: There we go. What do you what did you think so of uh, Cali Yarncruck? He could be one of those guys that you know every playoff has those uh surprise performances. He could be the Paul. He could be Nick Paul. He could be the Paul. You know what? I, I, I kind of like him. I like I said, if if Kali is on your top six, that's a good thing because it means
0: it means I, you got somebody else good on the third line.
1: Exactly. And like you said, anyone can play with Matthews or you said it about McDavid, but I think the same. Yeah. Anybody true. can play with Matthews too. I think that's the whole thing. Everyone gets bent out of shape. Oh no. Matthews has got to play with Marner or he's got to play with Nylander. It's like the guy's making what? 11 million, 11 and change. He scored 60 goals. Give him the Sidney Crosby treatment. And I Sidney also, Crosby never plays with anyone good.
0: And I also think that Matthews uh, playmaking is underrated he's a horse. He'll drag yeah,
1: everyone into the fight.
0: Exactly. Like he'll pull two guys in the corner, throw it to the open. Yeah. The open winger standing right in front of the net. So like, look at the power play. Come on. No, the, how are you going to touch that power play in the, in the playoffs?
1: The fact that Toronto has that much depth, like how many guys have scored Jeez, they've got one, two, three, they've got five 20 goal scorers, not including your So if they, they'd have six with him. So right now, he's six, He's sixth in goals on the team.
0: That's great. And when was the last time, like you just said, look how deep the Leafs are. When was the last time you could say that? Well, they had some pretty I don't deep remember ever being able to say that.
1: They had some pretty deep teams. You know what? When they lost to Boston, they had, they had Andreas Janssen, Kapanen. They had uh, Patrick Marlowe, Nazem Kadri, Van Riemsdijk, I think once led them in goals. Uh, I think it was like Matthew's first or second year. There, I almost feel like the Leafs like frittered away a couple opportunities there, mm. where they had such like, they had a lot of guys on entry level contracts that were, that hadn't got paid yet. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I think like man, Matthew's like first three years in the league, he was getting league minimum, right? Yeah. Just that rookie contract. Yeah. Did the same thing. Did the same thing. And then that was, that was the time. Like you look at when Chicago won their first two cups, think Kane and Taze were both on entry level.
0: Yeah, they, bo- they were because that was the storyline.
1: Yeah, and they could afford like the Bufflins, the Andrew Lads, all those guys, even the Penguins. When they went to the final back-to-back years and they won the the second time they were in, Malcolm was still on an entry level. So was, that's the thing. It's like a uh, Kale McCarr. I think wasn't getting as big money until this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because he was
1: still on even last year. Right. Like who's, who's underpaid on Toronto. Underpaid. That's Neilander, probably at 6.9 million. And
0: that's crazy because everybody was upset when he got that contract. Remember?
1: Yeah. And so. I
0: can't remember who it was, but somebody on the radio said, you're going to love that contract one day. And yeah. I can't remember who it was, but was it me? May might've been. <laughs> Maybe I read it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right. We
1: got one more. Do we have time for one more?
0: Yeah, we we got time for one more. We got time for a bunch more. And speaking of Dustin Bufflin, one of my favorite players to watch in the You like In, in modern hot yeah.
1: Yeah. Would you Still, like him better as a defenseman or as a forward?
0: I just like watching people bounce off him and try to hit him. I, you remember that when he dragged two guys from uh Vegas out of the pile? Yeah, yeah. Just grabbed them by the back of the shirt and dragged like that guy was.
1: It was like a guy grabbing his like two pups from uh, a dogfight or
0: something. And when he taught, uh, Vander Kane that lesson, when he came in all big hot shot and he took all his clothes and threw him in the shower. You like that? <laughs> yeah. I love, mean. but I love, no, but I love when a guy will do that. it be like, listen, little kid, I know you're taking pictures on Instagram with your money to your ear. Like it's a phone, but that doesn't play in here. Not in my locker room, boy. Yeah,
1: old school hockey culture, eh? It's like the Lula Morello. don't come in here with facial hair. (laughs) Now the guys, geez, man, you see what they come rolling into the game.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Looks
1: like they're wearing, like, pajamas, man.
0: Dude, put socks on. You play hockey, hockey happens in the winter, man. Socks is the least of the problems. (laughs) I should not be looking at a grown man's ankles, sorry. Why are you looking at a grown man's ankles? (laughs) Because he's not wearing socks, boy. (laughs)
1: Oh boy. All right. Where are we going next there, Johnny? I don't know. I don't have any more questions. All right. I got one here. This is from Mike Sharabura at Toronto Mike S. When NHL players complain about escrow, what percentage of them actually understand what escrow is and how it works? Ooh, do you know what escrow is?
0: I know what escrow is in terms of a real estate transaction. (laughs) well i'm sure (laughs) that doesn't
1: help us does it
0: (laughs) well could somebody's holding your money yeah somebody's holding your money till the paperwork clears i wonder how many players care about that like even so
1: i over my career i've had to cover a lot of oh geez board meetings and cbas and labor strifes and It always comes down to money and always comes down to escrow and uh, HRR. And let's be honest. Each team nominates one guy to deal with all the union BS. He has to go to all the meetings and report back. That guy understands it or that guy might care about it.
0: Well, that's why you have agents and managers and
1: it's interesting though, because what they do care about is that the cap's not going up. True, And I think if you talk to most hockey players and most hockey fans, particularly ones of cap strap teams, like the Toronto Maple Leafs and Edmonton Oilers, a lot of them are scratching their heads as to why ticket prices continually rise. And you've got a new team in Seattle You've got a team in Vegas that is doing gangbusters at the gate. The Ottawa Senators, apparently, their value has like quadrupled from when um, Melnick purchased the team, and yet the salary cap is like inching up. And when you compare league salaries in the NHL to the MLB or the NBA or the NFL, frankly, it's a joke.
0: Well, it's all supply and demand, right?
1: It's it's a popular sport in Canada. It's a niche sport or a regional sport in the U.S. Yeah. And it doesn't help that the Leafs and the Rangers haven't gone to a Stanley Cup final in quite some time. Um, That, that affects it. I, I know just from the newspaper industry, the fact that no Canadian team has gone the distance as much as Canadian fans love their hockey you still can't sell a fracture or a large segment on them on the fact that it was Tampa Bay and Colorado this year. Like no one really, or last year, I don't think as many people cared as they probably should have.
0: Well, exactly. And, and like I said before, we're kind of, we're kind of robbed of some of the West coast good hockey because of what time it's on.
1: Yeah. But like I said, like a lot of the whole TV rights deals, and those are coming up soon. A lot of that, a lot of those issues around money can be solved with some successful, you know, a successful run by the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, it's it's not the same seeing Ottawa or Calgary or Edmonton go the distance as it is Toronto. Let's face it; the, this market is huge, mm-hmm. and and have, it's
0: not just Toronto. It's not just in Toronto where no, the Toronto no, no, fans no. Are.
1: It's it's everywhere. It's yeah. like. The, Hey, this this podcast is called the Hockeyverse, and that that was a nudge, nudge, wink, wink at the whole idea of Toronto is the center of the no, Hockeyverse. They,
0: they've always said Toronto is the center of the Hockeyverse, and a lot of people in the West don't like that. It's true.
1: And I remember getting into it with a guy from Vancouver, uh, one of my editors, and he said, "Why are you always writing the Toronto Maple Leafs? You're a national columnist. Why every column you write, something about the Toronto Maple Leafs. You write about the Maple Leafs like five times more than you write about any other team." I said to him, you know why that is? He goes, yeah, because you're in Toronto. and That's all you care about. So like, can you look at my numbers? I mean, what do you mean? Look at my stories. L- look when I write about Toronto and look at what the numbers are when I write about Vancouver or Ottawa or New York or whatever. Can I go pull up any team? He's Like, what do you get out? I'm like, there is a difference, man. Like I-, I can write about anything about the Leafs or talk about the Leafs on the radio. And it gets shared all over, not just Canada, North America, mm-hmm. globally. I've got friends from Sweden who cover hockey and all they ask about is the Leafs.
0: Well, we had some of the best Swedish players on the Leafs, right? It's Sunde, Sundin, it's Salman. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's like, let's face it, Toronto's a big city and there's a lot of passion.
0: Yeah. Whether they like it or not, it's the biggest city in Canada.
1: And we used to joke that, you know, win or lose, even the worst the Leafs are, the the more attention the team gets, but you know, not getting out of that first round has hurt the bottom line at Rogers. It's hurt the NHL.
0: Well, look how much money they make. If they made it to a second round, how much is that on the bottom line? Yeah. Right. Like how much, that's a ton of money.
1: The ratings would be huge. And like we're saying, it wouldn't just be in Toronto or Canada. I think in the States they would care more than if it's like, Colorado, because Colorado's in the final, people in Colorado care about
0: it. And People in New it. York don't care about no. it. No.
1: But if the Leafs are in there, hockey fans and casual fans are watching.
0: Well, I, I, I really only watched it because I got to finally watch Nathan McKinnon on a regular basis. He's awesome, eh? I, I, I said it and I said it last year and I've watched Nathan McKinnon and I've known about Nathan McKinnon since he was 15 years old and I had no idea he was that fast.
1: Yeah, he's a bull, man.
0: Yeah. I had no idea.
1: Yeah, he's powerful. Powerful stride.
0: It's, Strong dude, man.
1: That was a fun series to cover. Do you remember yeah. when they did all like all the small things in the in the crowd?
0: Yeah, and they were all singing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. They they, <laughs> they cut the music, and the whole crowd's just still singing. I have a cool video of that on my phone, but. Uh,
0: well, we're gonna get the uh, the old hockey verse social media up and running. Yeah, yeah. In the very well, by the time you listen to this podcast, it's probably gonna be up and running, but. Yeah. We need more
1: questions and yeah, let's get some more interactions. Hopefully we'll get some live callers into,
0: we can take video questions too. I we'll set it all up on the website. You can send in video questions and we can play them on the YouTube. Okay. Well, how are we doing for time there? We are.
1: Should we we call this a
0: a night? We could probably call it a night. I think I had a story. I had a story about Dougie Hamilton that I'll save for, uh, Save for next uh, next cast. That's, that's called the teaser. The teaser, yeah. Dougie Hamilton. And it was before he was drafted. It was actually right after he was drafted.
1: I covered him. Who was he playing for? Was it Niagara? I remember going to a game and he was like 17 at the time on the same team as Ryan Strom. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do a feature on Dougie Hamilton. I think it was, I want to say it was like right before the Olympics and both his parents, his parents met at the Olympics. Mm. One was like, uh oh geez i'm gonna screw it up i think one was like a rower the other one was in some other sport and they met in the olympic village and they had like (laughs) (laughs) and then they won the gen basically dougie hamilton won the genetic lottery because both his parents were olympians and his brother too and his brother uh, freddie hamilton yeah and you could tell this kid was yeah he had won the genetic lottery when i met him because he was out in the hallway he met me yeah just uh come off the ice he was wearing just uh shorts and uh and no, no shirt. And I was, he's farm,
0: was, he's farm boy strong. Yeah. He,
1: he could have like picked me up with one hand. It yeah, felt like
0: he's farm boy strong for sure. So that's super grip.
1: Exactly. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the hockey verse. As always, if you've got a question, you can send it to Hey, at at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and we on Instagram. We're not on Instagram. We will yet. be.
0: We yeah. will be probably by the time anybody listens to that. Yeah,
1: pictures of John with his uh, bare ankles.
0: My bare ankles.
1: Um, and we're going to have a YouTube channel up, but uh, yeah, keep listening. And uh, playoffs around the corner. And this is going to be your place to, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be chatting a lot of Leafs. And a
0: lot of Leafs. We're going to start doing some live stuff, too. Exactly. It's going to be fun. Stick around. Thank you for listening to the HockeyVerse. If you enjoyed this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing the HockeyVerse to your friends and family. Also be sure to check out thehockeyburst.com. While you're there, sign up for our newsletter. It's specifically written for you, the diehard hockey fan. From insider news to opinion and analysis, our NHL-focused newsletter will entertain and equip you for the conversations of the day. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is The Hockey Burst.